And welcome to Sullivan Stories with your host, Tom Castle. Today's guest is Brandy Lynn Port. Brandy, uh, first of all, how are you? I'm doing great, Tom. <laughs> That's great. Where are you right now? Are, are you in a port? Are you on a ship? What's happening? Well, I'm in my rented apartment ashore. That's the first time I can say that in a while. Oh, yeah. Um, you were living You were living on that boat right in Milwaukee. I was living on that boat um, in Milwaukee up until December. I was going to finish out the winter, actually. Everybody thought I was crazy, but uh, the marina that I was in had a string of pretty aggressive break-ins, so I decided that it was best if I rented an apartment for just the winter, but now we're going into summer, <laughs> and I have hot water. <laughs> Ooh, oh, spoiled. What a luxury. <laughs> Absolutely spoiled, man. So how did you start out in tall ships? So I'm from a pretty bustling seaport of uh, Norfolk, Virginia. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you've heard of it. <laughs> wow. uh, home of the largest Navy base in the world. So I grew up around boats, um, sailing at camp, uh, going out on my parents' pontoon. A lot of my friends had boats. Um, we were trusted to take out my parent or my friend's uh, 40 foot Benetel when I was 14 years old, just me and him. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, in a pretty high traffic town as well so we had a pretty popular tall ship festival called harbor fest that went on every june and tall ships would come in from all around the world we'd usually get 50 or 60 boats in um in norfolk and then portsmouth across the river as well i volunteered as a translator uh, for the event so i got to meet a lot of i speak spanish so I got to meet a lot of sailors. I even, even though I don't speak Portuguese, I was able to help out a lot of the Portuguese sailors as well. Um, basically as um, a translator during deck tours. So I would help them interact with the public. And then I also um, sort of helped out whenever the sailors needed to find something ashore as well. Because it, you got to think they're coming in from a foreign country. If they want to get ashore to find a payphone to call their family. Uh, that's what I was there to help with. Oh, um, man. If they want to go to a hotel and rent a room for the night, I would go with them and rent a room for them. Oh. Um, or at least <laughs> do the English aspect. <laughs> help them communicate with people a little bit easier, sure. Yeah, I think everybody, I think it would be really good for every American <laughs> to get lost in a foreign country once in their lives. It's Yes, I, I would. I would have to agree. <laughs> It's really amazing. Yeah, I was did, um I played at Opsail 2000 I think it was in um, in Norfolk. It was a big year. Big yeah. Year. That's when they had the big huge storm that came through and the Sagras broke her dock lines and almost smashed into the Eagle and it was Oh wow. Oh, it was crazy. <laughs> the the front doors of the hotel were blown off their hinges. Um Oof. It was just absolutely, absolutely crazy. But the the ships were wonderful. In fact, there's a bunch of musicians that got a, a personal tour of the Eagle from the chief engineer that year. <laughs> and all the way oh, down wow. in the all the way down in the prop alley and everything. And then I've worked at the Mariners Museum a bunch over the years. I always loved that part of the world. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I met a lot of sailors and I was actually working on um a tour boat in Norfolk as well in high school uh, called the American Rover, which is mm. semi-traditional. Um, they've got a lot of modern amenities as well, a piano, 
And that's sort of where I was linked with a lot of tall ship sailors and learned more about the industry. Oh, that's wonderful. So what's the first tall ship you were on? Uh, Dennis Sullivan. Whoa. Uh, if you don't count American Rover, my time there. Okay. Um, I came to Dennis Sullivan in 2015. Okay. So, from, Nor hand. <laughs> so from Norfolk to why Milwaukee? So I had met Becca Hopkins, actually. Okay. I decided that winter I did do a week just volunteering on the Pride of Baltimore 2 oh. uh, during their downrig maintenance period. Um, and that's where I met Becca Hopkins. And she was who introduced me to the billet bank. She told me about Tiffany, um, how wonderful she was, what a great influence she would be for a young aspiring sailor like myself. Um, so I sent in applications to three or four different boats and Tiff was one of the first to get back to me. Uh, she actually, in our interview as well, um, <laughs> I said, okay, great, when do I come next? And she said, <laughs> I'm just gonna give you a few days. It's Friday today. <laughs> We're gonna wait until Monday. On Monday, you can let me know if you want to accept this offer. <laughs> so she really made me stew on it for a few days before. Um, letting me make the decision to come to Milwaukee. <laughs> I love that. What do you wish you knew back then that you now know? Oof. Oh, where do we even start? <laughs> so many. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever goes through your, your mind first. Yeah, I think at that time I was so new that I had never really, at 19 years old, I had never really lived in a community with people so tight-knit. Um, the way that you do sharing a folks with folks. So I wish that I had been a better roommate to people because I know that I brought too much stuff. I took up too much space. I talked a little bit too loud sometimes. <laughs> I wish that I had been a, a better roommate or really prepared myself for that before coming uh, to the Dennis Sullivan or working on tall ships. <laughs> but I was young and dumb. <laughs> I've talked to other people about their inspirations, and some of them talk about books, some talk about movies, some talk about just people there, they've met. There was a female sailor um, named Laura Decker. She was one of the, at the time at least, the youngest or the second youngest girl to complete a circumnavigation on her own, solo. Oh. Um, so she was 15 or 16 years old. She was also from the Netherlands. Um, right. And she released a documentary. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Uh, but that was one of the most in awe-inspiring things that I had ever watched. Her just picking up a camera and filming herself. Um, and she got very real in that documentary as well, which a lot of people tend to glorify sailing and glorify the happy parts of it. Um, but she really shared her relationship with her parents and how that was strained by being on the other side of the globe. She talked about her distrust of journalists so she really opened up about sort of what was going on on the back end the sponsors dealing with sponsors as well Ooh. which a lot of folks don't let you in on that kind of information when you're uh, talking about a circumnavigation there's so much other stuff to focus on and they kind of glorify the transit itself who are your mentors when you're starting out or even now um i i would definitely say tiffany was kind of one of my first mentors that I latched on to. I, I've loved working with a lot of folks over the years, um, but Tiff was probably my greatest mentor like yeah. from the very beginning. That is a, a common answer. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
was your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? Ooh, um, I feel like I didn't do enough time preparing for this. Came straight from the marina. <laughs> but a lot of people have that one story where it's like, you know, I, I don't know, the first time I, blah, 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 without, blah, 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 <laughs> without knowing that this I'm, was. I will say that I'm a very cautious person. Um, and sailing pride so early on in my career that was the second boat that i went to right after the sullivan Ooh. um which i don't think i was necessarily prepared for maybe that was one of my biggest failures <laughs> no um i wish that i had gotten a bit more experience before going there but i was always extremely cautious and i never i've never been one to make a decision without checking with anybody above me before doing it so i wouldn't Ooh, <laughs> in oh wait, in 2015, I did, <laughs> I don't know if I should share this. Um, I pissed off the cook. That is one <gasps> that was <laughs> early on as well. Um, during our haul out in 2015 on the Dennis Sullivan, three crew members and I, we had a hotel room ashore that we could spend the night in. Um, it was a bit of a distance away from the boat and we overslept and missed breakfast <laughs> and got back to the boat a little bit late. Uh, Jimmy did give me hell as well. <laughs> he gave me a hard time oh, <laughs> for that I can't, for sure. I can't Climbing. imagine. <laughs> I love that. Well, the, made the cook mad, so we got cold lunch, cold dinner, cold breakfast for lunch, the punishment. <laughs> that is a beautiful line. Yeah. Hey, what what tall ship myth would you like to debunk? That's one that we got a lot uh, on Pride as well. Um, everybody refers to Pride of Baltimore as a pirate ship. And one thing that is very different is that privateers um, were fighting for free trade and sailors' rights. We weren't stealing from people. Um, it was legal piracy. <laughs> the government gave us permission to go out and capture boats and bring them back in. Oh, um, yeah, definitely. That's what it was legal piracy. And <laughs> I guess that's... that's sort of a myth that... What advice do you have for people who are interested in sailing tall ships, whether it's, you know, as a career or just as a volunteer? I'd say volunteer is one of the biggest pieces of advice that I give to anybody who's even interested in living aboard or joining a boat. It's one of the first things that I did as well. Um, if you can find a boat near you, even if it's not the most traditional boat, try to find a boat to volunteer on, do maintenance spend a lot of time with the crew, get to know them on a more personal level, and you'll find out if your heart is really in it, if Ooh. you're going to be committed to it. I like that. <laughs> what does the term shipmate mean to you? Oh, that's a deep one. Um, shipmate is definitely more than just a coworker, um, a family member, because you're always looking out for their best interests. You're looking out for their back, um, and they will look out for you as well. You know, you go through certain things together on a ship that you wouldn't do in your typical corporate job. Go Even ahead. I've noticed, um, because I'm currently working on a tour boat, and we haven't talked about this yet, but um, I drive a tour boat here in Milwaukee, and a lot of our deckhands are college students, and it's really hard to instill that sense of teamwork in them um, that you find with shipmates that you live with on a tall ship or spend a lot more time with outside of the, like, nine-to-five schedule they'll see our caterers show up and won't even think to get up to help them with a cooler. Whereas 
actually my first day as a captain, I ran over and started helping him load stuff onto the boat. And all the college kids just looked around like, what is this? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> you don't need to be doing this. Like, you're a captain. <laughs> oh, yeah. My first captain was definitely hands-on. And mm -hmm. um, pretty much most of the most of the people I've I've sailed with, and I did tour boats on the river part time for nine seasons or something like that in Chicago, mm -hmm. and it's a ton of fun. I love it. And we yeah. had a a company that was very you know it was a family company since the 1930s. So wow. yeah, so there's you know <laughs> there are certain deck hands that come and go, and then there are other ones that are there forever. I've had at least three decans I can think of off the top of my head who, who are all captains now. And uh, wow, yeah, oh, it, there was a lot of retention there. Yeah, definitely. What's your favorite Dennis Sullivan story? Whether you were in it or not, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, oh man, you know, last year Johnny got to captain his first transit um, as master. That was one of my favorite trips on the Sullivan. And I was actually not working on the boat, but I got called in to relieve a crew member so they could take some time off. So Johnny was master, Catherine was chief mate, I was second mate, and then Katie was there as well as third. Um, <laughs> and we had a pretty harrowing storm and it was the first time that I've ever been called up on deck uh, for an all hands call on the Dennis Sullivan. Ooh. Um, around two in the morning and it was, oh man, I just remember <laughs> it, it brought me back to pride as well, <laughs> where you run up on deck barefoot, not wearing many clothes at all <laughs> in the middle of the night, but it's okay. Nobody can see you because it's dark anyway. We had all of our students up there helping us as well. Um, oh man, that was, and it, we were just taking in sail completely, mm. um, at about two in the morning. So Oh, man. No, Johnny's one of my favorite people. That's one of my best sailing stories on the Sullivan. That is awesome. <laughs> I love that. Anything else you'd like to add? <laughs> there will be a half dozen stories that occur to you as soon as we hang up. Definitely. I, I thought about them over the week. I just, I came right from the marina and yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, I should tell this, but yeah. <laughs> no, that is not a problem at all. This is really <clears> awesome. <throat> So thanks, Brandy, and thank you for being on Sullivan Stories. Uh, if you're a past or a current professional crew member and would like to um, share a story on the podcast or just have a story you'd like to share, uh, write me at tom at tomcastle.com. That's T-O-M at T-O-M-K-A-S-T-L-E dot com. Thanks, Brandy. Thanks for having me.